0: Hi, I'm Michelle Raven
1: and I'm Ross Kearney
0: welcome to cryptic whispers
1: podcast thank you for coming back everybody
0: it's nice to be here how's everybody doing
1: I can't hear them they need to be louder
0: (laughs) yes be louder
1: so what has happened in the paranormal world for you recently
0: so since we last talked I was at the Freiburg Library again. Can't stay away. Love that place so much. (laughs) Um, This time we were doing a Tea with Spirits. It was about, you know, Victorian times and their love and attachment for the paranormal and, like, the starting of spiritualism. Um, We had some technical difficulties, so we did not get to watch the video about all of the cool Victorian ghosts. But it was fine because we had time to do tarot card readings and we played with a spirit board and even did a little work with a spirit box. I think, I think it was a spirit box. Uh, Luna paranormal was there, which is also the same group that I did the Halloween event with. And um, Kelly from Luna paranormal told me that we got some really good stuff during Halloween when we were there doing our ghost hunt and that she was very excited to share it. And I have not heard it yet, but I am super excited.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: Yes. When we were there, um, intuitively, I was picking up that there was something there and that it was being reactive to us there. And what she said was that what she picked up kind of confirms that that's what was going on. So I'm interested to see if it was just that we were there and it definitely, re- I don't even know. I have no idea what, sh- what is there, what we caught, but I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. Hopefully when you find out, you can bring it on the show.
0: That would be fantastic.
1: Yeah. That'd be awesome. The only thing I've done recently was I went up to the Augusta Barnes and Noble and uh, saw Steve Gonzalez from ghost hunter speed. I'm jealous.
0: I've yeah, been watching it, Ghost Hunters since it was first, first on. Yeah. We used to watch it as a family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, my ex and I used to watch it pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah, we it was, I mean, and I still go back and watch those first few seasons because they were really solid in those first few years.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I still watch even the current season. I, we're like catching back up. Because we were watching other things too But we actually still watch that stuff as a family It's one of our group activities Sundays is for ghosts So we (laughs) hang out and watch ghost shows That's great Well, not just ghost, but mostly Yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, this week we are talking aliens
0: Aliens Very excited I'm always very excited though I'm excitable
1: Yeah, aliens are kind of a weird subject Because they're not, you know necessarily extraterrestrials they could be ultra terrestrials or mm. all sorts of things it's a it's kind of a weird subject to just tackle individually but
0: yes so just to be clear we are not covering UFOs and UAPs today that is definitely on the list we will get there you can bet your bottom dollar i don't know where i was going with that but we're yeah. definitely going to do it
1: yeah it's it's kind of it's interesting to separate them but they are two such large subjects on their own that it, they kind of necessitate se- separating. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. How do we define what an alien is?
0: Uh, I do not
1: know. It's, um, I guess, anything not native to the planet Earth is the best way to, to describe it, I guess. Um, John Keel always talked about ultra that came from other dimensions. Uh, the most common perspective is living beings that come from another planet. But it also adds the question of, are there, is there intelligent life here on this planet that is non-human, I guess? And if we would consider those aliens or not. I mean, technically not, but since it's something still unknown to a lot of people, would we still consider it an alien? It, it's one of those things that came up in, the, in some of the recent hearings where they referred to non-human entities as being part of the wreckage that they found. Right. Which I thought was a very interesting way of changing the terminology. They didn't say it was extraterrestrials. They didn't say it was this. They just said it was non human entities, which seemed non human that-
0: biologics, I actually yes. I think is what they were mostly saying. Which I, so we- that caught my attention too, because like I know that I talk a lot about magic and like the wooier side of things, but I really am very interested in the science of a lot of this stuff as well. So the fact that they changed the way that they were referring to it was big attention grabber for me.
1: Same here, because for like part of it was my impression was like, okay, it could be something from this planet. It's not an extraterrestrial or something like that. That's why they are not saying that it is an extraterrestrial. They're saying it's non-human.
0: See, to me, I thought plant, like, some kind of, like, non-humanoid kind of thing that doesn't necessarily need to be... Like, it's not... It's enough different from us as humans that that's why you would have to explain it as something else. Like, maybe it doesn't... It's not able to survive in this atmosphere. So biologically, it's different. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But you can also break it down to, like, a lot of skeptics would just say, well, that means it just could be a bird. Or it could be some other animal that's on Earth that's not human. And it's like, okay, that adds to a whole other thing. That's fair.
0: That's a fair argument. (laughs) Exactly. we We don't know what the other side of that is. So that is a very fair it's a very fair thing to say.
1: Yeah. I understand know, why they think that way. Hits a bird and it's like, hey, we found biologics and we can just say they're not human on this yeah. wreckage. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. It's It takes the fun out of it, though.
0: I also think that that plays a little too far into the conspiracy theories. Like, why is a guy coming forward and saying we found non-human biologics if it's just a bird that hit a, like... What yeah. that that seems not, a little silly to me. Agreed. It's I understand, mean. but I still think it's
1: it is all a bit silly. I mean, the biggest thing with aliens is there's almost not a definitive thing. Like you, you talked about how doing research for this it was hard to find things that were more general about aliens and not talking about specific yeah personal examples yeah and it's like it's true you think about it you're like oh the Betty and Barney Hill Whitley Stryber like these are all like personal events that have occurred Mm -hmm. right and not necessarily giving you a picture of what's going on and then you get into um, Michael Sala and his books and his exopolitics that he's been writing about and talking about forever, where it gets into the even the crazier conspiracy theory stuff, and it gets into this weird, almost New Agey world of a federation of planets where everybody where everybody is communicating and working together, and we are very slowly being introduced into that. Mm-hmm. And so. It, it it steps from very personal experiences to something that is so big and out there that it's hard to grasp without actually understanding everything in between.
0: Yeah. It's a
1: lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, even just to define the number of species that are out there, the best reference I've been able to find is that secret Russian um, alien races book where it is just like a one page, like, you know, generic picture and description and where their allegiances are and what their positions are and what they're involved in. And that, you know, that's pretty in depth, but it's also pretty crazy. And it's, there's no legitimacy to it either. It could be yeah. completely fake or completely real. Cause you look at it and you're like, well, these are obviously images that I've seen before Were they just taken because they represent that race or are they actually just being manufactured and, and used here because it's, you know, material that already exists.
0: Yeah. It's like taking the collective knowledge and putting it in one place but not checking any sources or like, it's just kind of, yeah, picking and choosing. and,
1: And it is, it's like, you're finding what seems like what is a source material, but there's nothing to back it up. Right. Very rarely is there a secondary source that seems to connect. But then also, if you read all of the sources and read more and more, they all connect. But it's also because a lot of them are repeating the same information because they're just pulling from each other.
0: Yes. So it, it starts to get tricky um the more it's one of those things where like the more people that have the same experience you start to wonder if it's actually valid or not because it it just seems like it's something that has caught on but then we get back into the whole like self manifesting thing that we continuously come back to where if people are paying attention to a thing and you know whatever putting your energy towards the thing, then that is that creating that thing and creating it for more people to experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's part of the, the CE five um, program, which, you know, we'll get into when we talk about UAPs, cause that's more part of that world. Yeah, but it is. It's, and how much of this is, like a lot of the the personal experiences are through memory like hypnosis and memory regression and things like that, where the human mind can play tricks on people and really I
0: have you ever making,
1: experienced <laughs> hypnosis before? I have never. Oof,
0: I have. I've done it. My mom, my stepmom, um, she took a class and became a hypnotherapist and we did a past life regression and it was the most it was so interesting it was like fascinating absolutely fascinating i to this day could not tell you if it was an actual past life or if i was just telling a story in my head i don't know but i did have a very vivid experience where i saw a whole a whole life And like I walked all the way through it Um, and I probably did this when I was like maybe 16, 15 or 16. Um, But yeah, it was super fascinating. And even then, like after coming out of it, I was just like, whoa. But I didn't I didn't know if it was like an actual past life or if it was just that because I had lucid dreams. So it just felt like a lucid dream to me. Interesting. So It was like, am I directing this or is this something that actually happened? Well, yeah. she would have been directing it, like, you know, instructing me through.
1: Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things, like, I mean, a great book to refer to is the um, Allagash Abduction, which happened here in Maine of the the four guys that were on a camping trip and got abducted And their whole yes. experience. And the book is great because it is written by the guy who was doing the hypnosis. And it is very, very clinical in the fact that it just breaks down his questions, their responses, mm-hmm. things like that. It doesn't go... Yeah. Super in-depth, but it does cover all of, like, the the elements to it. And you wonder, okay, it doesn't seem like he's leading them on into this direction. I
0: didn't feel led at all yeah. in that moment either. Like, I did not feel led in any way, shape, or form. I felt very in control, and I felt very relaxed. It was my mom, too, so there's a yeah. whole bunch of safety there, you know? My person. So... It was a really good experience, but that, like, logical, more critical side that I have, even with all of the magical stuff that I do, I always, like, wonder, is that, was that really, just because you said that was my experience, was that really my experience?
1: Yeah, because you look at the Allagash Abduction, you look at Betty and Barney Hill, you look at Whitley Stryber, like, these are all... Abduction experiences that have a lot of common threads. Yes. And have they all kind of fed into each other or fed from each other? I mean, Betty and Barney Hill being the first really public one that was such a big deal and defined so much of what we saw, it does make you wonder if it kind of created a cascade in our culture or if everybody is experiencing a similar experience, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in those little experiences, you have the common, you know, short grays. That everybody's kind of familiar with, right? Um, and you know, some of the the more modern interpretations are that those might actually be artificial intelligence, that they're mm-hmm. androids or genetically engineered, and that they're actually used as a workforce by multiple different species, which is why it seems to be consistent. And why there's such a variance in people's experience from the horrific to the, Oh, they're just trying to help us and, you know, want to make us a better person and a better world. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the, um, the terrible experiences that some of the women have of their abduction and in, in and abuse that they go through in their abductions. Yeah. And where it's like, this is some of the most horrific stuff I've ever read. And yeah. it's like, how can this all be the same species And this? It kind of allows that to happen if, if they're just a workforce.
0: Yeah. I honestly don't know a ton, a ton about like, once we get into like separating all of those things, my knowledge is mostly because I uh, like was obsessed with Betty and Barney Hill from as early as I can remember. Um, you know, I had a neighbor that worked for NASA We used to talk about aliens and UFOs and stuff from the time I was very, very young. And so I never really like thought about all of the different you know categories and subcategories I knew there were like different kinds that people were having experiences with but it was just kind of all like lumped together as other people's experiences for me it wasn't until recently that I like started paying attention more to what people were saying and like the difference in what everybody was experiencing was so vast and, but supposedly the same kind. So that made me also be like, Hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's a, that's kind of, I think why it's become such a modern interpretation of that. There's some sort of workforce and all the different species are using them. So it's kind of weird. And then you get Mm -hmm. into, I don't know, you can get into the conspiracy stuff from there where, you have the Nordics and you have the Draconians, which supposedly, if you, according to Sala's work, uh, the Nordics work with our Navy and the Draconians work with our Air Force, creating a basically two different opposing forces within our own government um, that are connected to different alien species that have made contracts or agreements in exchange for technology.
0: Yeah, this is where I start getting totally lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, Yeah, it gets kind of really, really weird out there. It and then starts kind of... getting
0: very muddy. Yes. And then when you add some of the like some of the conspiracy theories that are, uh, <laughs> that are just not helpful in any way, shape, or form, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That get mixed in with it. So a lot of alien talk gets labeled as being anti-semitic and there's a specific tv show that i think we all know of that tends to make everything about aliens so every single can every theory every you know aliens are in the bible aliens built the you know built the pyramids aliens are you know did this aliens are you know everything everything has to do with aliens That's a lot of cultural erasure, and I think we have to be very, very careful when we start talking about all of these different things, like what is actually helpful and talking about sharing information and what starts getting into being unhelpful. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. But it's still part of the culture that Absolutely. is developed around it. Absolutely. And so. it needs
0: to be talked about. Like if you yeah. don't talk about it and you don't call it out and you don't say, hey, let's maybe not do that specifically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I was I was listening to an interview with Tsukalos today, who is the, the It's Aliens guy. Yes, And, you know, he points out the fact that he's like, I have never once said that aliens are built any of these structures. I just believe that the aliens have provided us the technology and the knowledge in order to build them. And it's like, okay, that's, it's an interesting angle on it.
0: No, (laughs) no. Like that's just ridiculous to say that these indigenous people that were living in these places that were living, you know, that built all of the pyramids all over the place. It took them a hundred years sometimes to build these structures. Like it wasn't something that happened overnight. They didn't need mass technology. They didn't need like this big other, they had the knowledge, they had the knowledge, they built the things.
1: Well, like, he's he's referring specifically to their own mythology and their own stories talk about how beings from the stars came and gave them this knowledge so I, that's that's the you know where his evidence comes from for it is that mm, it was is that really what mythology? all
0: of them say or is that he just it's finds large,
1: those ones it's, it's a large population that say
0: that but we have lore of all gods going back ha- you know, to yeah. the beginning of time, and a lot of them say that they are like a world, otherworldly beings. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're from another world. I think there's a lot of interpretation happening.
1: There, def- there definitely is. There definitely is. But it's just the fact that the mythology says, like, oh, Apollo showed up and told us how to do mathematics. So those specific types of mythology that exist. So then that's what they're looking at. I mean. I'm, if you get, I I get it. Yeah. I get
0: it. I still feel like it's like just weird. It's weird, and it's just it feels a little disingenuine. You know what I mean? Like let's, oh, I get it. Let's maybe give people a little more credit. For what was going on, people were actually a lot smarter than we give them credit for. Like we had huge civilizations that were doing amazing, phenomenal things that we know about. And there's so much that happened that we don't know about. So let's not just like, let's not gloss over it and say that these people weren't doing amazing things because they were.
1: Agreed. Unfortunately, it's also when you get into that track, then you find out how horrible that track is as well. Yes. Yeah. Where it's uh, a lot of those people that are saying, no, it wasn't aliens. It was all humanity are trying to make it sure that it was white people that did it and not.
0: Yes. Yeah. The colonization is real. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And still happening today.
1: It is. And it's a lot of it is being overwritten. Yes. But that's a sidetrack of. Aliens themselves. That
0: might be a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a it's a whole separate thing. I mean, we can yes, it is. We can talk about ancient cultures and worlds and I would love to look do at that. and and look at all of that stuff as well. I, mean,
0: I think we should do a whole episode on how bogus it is that they burned the library in Alexandria. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. That's probably where a lot of this proof is burned in the rubble.
1: Or if depending on how big you are into conspiracy theories, stored in the Vatican.
0: Oh my God. I That's the one conspiracy theory that is like, I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. My mom's family was Catholic. So like, I understand the whole Catholic. I get it. And that's one of the one stories that I'm like, yep, that's probably true.
1: Well, it makes you question of why they've invested so much in one of the world's largest telescopes in Arizona. <laughs> you know, like they so have crazy. their own private research study looking at the sky. Like, why would the Vatican need to do that?
0: I mean, if you technically get down to it, the Vatican is all just based on a bunch of witchcraft. They're all a bunch of astro bitches. That's what that is.
1: I mean, I think Catholicism is still uh, classified as a cult Yes. of Christianity.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Anyway, <laughs> so back to traditional aliens. Yes. I mean, Betty and Barney Hills always kind of had a special place, especially for us being in New England, where it was such a close and local story.
0: They were liked- driving through the White Mountains. That's where yeah. I live.
1: I know. So it's such a relatable kind of thing. And the biggest thing for me is of how public they went.
0: Yep. Well, but they didn't have a choice. What do you They're- mean? The newspapers printed those articles without their permission first. So then they had to go public because they didn't want other people telling their stories. So there was some backstabbing that happens and they were ousted, which is not cool. No, but once that happened, they fully, fully embraced it.
1: Yes. And you know, for even at the time being an interracial couple, it, was such a hard time for even just being public about that. Uh,
0: especially in New Hampshire. Like, yeah. Southern New Hampshire is a little more uh, understanding um, than Northern New Hampshire tends to be, in my personal experience. Um, but I, yeah, I can't even imagine.
1: But for that time period, it's uh, yeah, it w- would have been a lot of criticism on that as well. So it's for them coming public is a huge, huge deal.
0: And But honestly, I didn't see that there was a ton of backlash from the racial side of it, which actually is really shocking, honestly, but so great. I'm glad that they didn't, but all of the other stuff was like, not great.
1: It could also be something (laughs) that's sort of lost in time for us.
0: I agree. And maybe they had personal experiences that they didn't talk about too. That's totally valid. Cause yeah. I don't feel like that's something that they would advertise unless it was to the point where it was definitely a concern. I could be wrong. If somebody else knows more information about that, we can let us know.
1: Yeah. But one of the biggest things too, was of how they were just also reputable members of their community yes. and their, and their jobs. Yes. So it was a, They weren't just, you know, the town crazy talking about. No,
0: experience. they were pillars of their community.
1: Yeah. Yes. So that was, I think, why it became such a big thing, was because people were like, okay, well, this is a, you know, these people are legit. This isn't yeah. something I can just write off immediately. Like I kind of believe what they're saying, mm-hmm. and it kind of carried from there. Yes. And then, you know, you had people like Whitley Stryber that you can argue capitalized on his experiences and has profited from them from numerous books um, to a movie based on his first book, Communion, mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes from it was when they were filming the movie and uh you know he striber was on set and commented that uh to Christopher Walken, that they seemed like he was playing him a little too crazy and he's like just playing it how it is <laughs> <laughs> and it was just kind of like uh oh like you know Christopher walken doesn't believe what this actually happened but it's, uh, <laughs> that movie is also terrifying if you if you kind of put yourself in the right mindset when you watch it yes i agree um and Stryber has continued to write numerous books of his experiences and what he feels he's been instructed to do from the these aliens that he's interacted with mm-hmm.
0: He's not and the that, only one who's had those kind of experiences either. like there's a a bunch of like more well-known people that have had like big experiences that they have just been very vocal about and talked about.
1: yeah, there seems to be a much more of a consensus from. I guess this is another place where it separates when you have regular people, a lot of them talk about how the aliens want to bring us into an age of enlightenment and they're here to protect us from nuclear war and yeah. all of these positive <sighs> things.
0: Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the man who had the first experience with injured cold. Yep. What the hell was his name? Yeah. Oh. I mean, hold on.
1: Cause you're not talking about John Keel. You're talking about. No, no, no. The, the guy he interviewed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Woodrow Jarenberger. Yeah, he was like, he was a sewing machine salesman. He traveled around the Appalachian Mountains, which, by the way, is also where the White Mountains are, just further up, further up. So, yeah, this was also an experience that he had in the same mountain range. Um, with a but, totally different entity, but
1: yes. And his family, like, remained friends with Andrew Cole for a long time.
0: Yes, afterwards. his daughter, yes. like, wrote a book. She just recently passed away, but, um, yeah, there's, like, a long line of connection there.
1: And then, you know, in a similar vein, uh, what is it? Is it the Friends Island? The Friends Community off of Argentina? Um, where it's a community of the description is very much falls into line with the Nordics for aliens, but they are helpful to people that, you know, seem to get stranded
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: area. They pay in like gold and other weird, like expensive metals that are unmanufactured, just kind of like, Hey, you know, we'll pay for these, but they're always very kind and helpful to people and we'll fix your your, you know, your boat. If you're stranded, Mm-hmm. and um, which falls in line with other people's experience with the Nordics where it's like they showed up out of nowhere and pushed my car out of the mud. And just then I drove off and they stayed in the middle of the woods. Like these That's weird so experiences, weird. The, just
0: hanging know. out I'm stuck in the mud. It's well, like,
1: Mount Shasta supposed to have a bunch of, of those I'm, people also living up there.
0: Yes. And Mount Shasta is super, super active with a lot of different paranormal stuff. So mm. Uh that would make me think more like interdimensional type stuff is happening. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. The Dweller Between Two Worlds, whatever the book is, the the, the guy who lived in Atlantis, that was all connected through Mount Shasta as well.
0: Yes. Seems Which to be is... a gateway or a portal there. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, you know, um Sala in his books also referred to portals and gateways as well right? that actually the movie and TV show Stargate was all part of soft disclosure about talking about these gateways that connect all of our worlds. And that's why aliens are able to travel amongst. And that all takes a lot of influence from 12th planet by Zachariah Asachin's work, where was the entire concept where the Anunnaki came and created humanity as a slave labor force. Yeah, to to mine for them. Um, Also in uh, South America region as well. So you had, and that occurred after uh, we can get into the whole, everything that Saichin talks about, but he basically has recounted history and made connections to other events that religions have connected to and given it a, a complete story. And it's quite interesting stuff to read, but it is very much the, how much of an, instigator, I guess, aliens have been in our world and our life mm-hmm. and how humanity exists. And uh, my, my favorite, uh, Linda Melton Hall, it was one of her Earth Files episodes she talked about when she met with Seichen and she was like, yeah, I walked into his office and it was all like in this great sky rise in New York and it was this expensive, gorgeous office. And it's like, you write books about alien history and how are you able to afford all this? and he basically implied to her that he's being paid as part of soft disclosure to give people this history for out there. And not everybody believes it, but I don't know. I find Saichin's work to be far more in-depth. Maybe he takes more liberties with things, and supposedly his Sumerian translations are inaccurate and all of that stuff, but that's no different than a lot of the reports we get these days as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, secondhand stuff through other people is kind of... But we have the most when it comes to trying to, like, make things legitimate. We have people's personal experiences, of course, 100% we have that. But being able to have, like, that cross-source that actually is, like, valid, that you can connect the dots with clearly, we still don't have that.
1: Yeah, and with a lot of the, you know, military whistleblowers that come forward, a lot of them don't have personal experience. Right. They have secondary experiences from other yes. people. Yes,
0: which is one of my issues with this whole thing, because not that I don't believe them. I 100% believe them. But to me, it's no different than like the pilots who have said, hey, I saw this, you know, like those are more valid to me than being like, hey, I know that pilot that just told you that. But I'm going to tell you, too, that I he told me. It's yeah. like, can we let's just see the direct sources? Just show us.
1: And then when you do get direct sources and you dig into it further, they seem to fall apart at sometimes. Yeah. And then the Most, question is if it's part of a greater conspiracy or not.
0: Yeah. Which, that is the one thing that I almost always think it's, when it comes to aliens, that it's an, a government cover-up. There's, like, it's one of the, I do not believe a lot of conspiracy theories. I don't find... like I just don't. I don't know. I just don't. But I think that we can all get behind that the government has been hiding aliens, UFOs, UAPs, all of this stuff from us for a very, very long time. So I'm to the point where someone's like, oh, the government's covering it up when it comes to this topic. Specifically, I'm like, yep. I think that's believable, even when it probably isn't very believable, honestly. But
1: yeah, the the logic has been that humanity has not been ready to understand that they are trying to prevent a mass chaos with it.
0: I I know what that's what they say, but it feels like it feels like gaslighting. It feels like you are trying to manage my feelings. and I don't fucking like that. <laughs>
1: Well, it, then it leads into the the soft disclosure, the yeah, the military fully supporting Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right. The you know the Stargate example, like Sala has said, all of this is part of slowly integrating these ideas to the populace, so that when the reality comes out, they go, oh yeah, I've seen that in a dozen movies already. But we
0: that. already know, like the time is now. Time, well, I mean, like...
1: and that's why when like the hearings occurred, everybody kind of went, "Yeah, okay." And I think that was a very big sign that humanity is kind of ready for it. And I mean, it, it also implies a mar- much larger, encompassing government worldwide as well. Uh, supposedly, when you know, like, there's a crash in you know Central America, they still call the U.S. government because they're the only ones with equipment to come in and handle it. And that's why other governments no- aren't necessarily coming forward is because they don't know what to do with it. Whereas you still have the first world countries are the ones that are able to still cover it up and handle it. And they're, they're the ones handling the events in third world countries.
0: I don't know how I feel about that one. Like I, Uh, I, it's plausible adjacent. It's plausible adjacent to me. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that one. It's a little bit of a stretch, I think, but also there's still like, I really just the. I do think that the government is covering up so, so, so much. So what is to say that there's not, you know, a good nugget of truth in that somewhere? Because I think that's the underlining thing with a lot of this stuff, is that there are nuggets of truth in not everything, but a lot of the things.
1: Exactly. It's the same thing when you approach mythology and folk tales and fairy tales, that there's some basis of reality within those tales. That they're based upon.
0: The difference is discernment, like figuring out what is the nugget that you need to hang on to and what is garbage and needs to be thrown away.
1: (laughs) And that, that becomes the hard part. Um, And that's why I, I think a lot of people jump on to the personal experiences of normal people and not necessarily the government.
0: Yes. Which I Like I've said, when we talked about like spirits and whatever, I'm always going to believe a person before I, and their like personal experience before I believe anything else.
1: And then it gets talking about spirits and bringing it back into that. It gets into this weird world where our government, supposedly there are members of Congress that are holding back this information because they legit feel that these non-human entities or biologics are demons and they're so rooted in their religion that these are demons that are coming here and they are trying to do everything they can to stop them.
0: This is where this starts getting into like the anti-Semitic stuff too. Like this is like just a stone cold throw away from the reptilians and them controlling everything. And that being equated to the Jewish community having this big, influence over things um that is pretty much just christians wanting to try and take that control that back which that's not really how that worked anyways but
1: see i've always heard of the the, the draconians the the lizard race being associated um with the nazis during world war ii and in our current day in our u.s air force no, uh, Sala talks about in his book as the draconians, the reptilians being part of the Nazis and now in our modern day, part of the U.S. Air Force. And um, and that they've made the deal in exchange for technology, whereas the Navy has actually made a deal with the Nordics in exchange for technology. And the Nordics are trying to bring about prosperity That and that the reason why there's the separation between the two is the air force didn't want to give up nuclear weapons and the draconians were allowing them to still keep their nuclear weapons. So, yeah. And then a lot of the lizard stuff goes into a lot of the celebrities, the people that are influencing the world and like that.
0: Right. Which is where I caught the reptilians at because the celebrities, a lot of the celebrities that are controlling things are also Jewish part of the cabal And that's that whole anti-Semitic side of that part of it too.
1: Yeah. No, it gets messy where a lot of people are just grabbing onto things. And I don't know, supposedly the CIA and the FBI are taking sides on this as well. So our government is split into these two factions with all of this. And it, it it gets into an entire mess if you start digging really deep into it. And then you'll, you'll, you'll listen to a, a soldier talk about how it was his job on base to escort, you know, the aliens back and forth and that they liked strawberry ice cream and things like that where it's just like that seems like a very human interaction and this guy's coming forward and nobody seems to know anything about it other than him yeah. just coming forward and talking about it. Yeah. So, I think that's why we as a populace grasps more onto the personal stories that people have. Yes. And then you get into the the really scary stuff, um, this mm-hmm. book Harvest, which dealt with this woman's abduction experiences where she was just basically be treated like worse than cattle kind of thing of just constantly giving birth and these weird bloated aliens feeding off of the fetuses and all sorts of really bizarre and terrible, terrible experiences. Yes. And that stuff gets really scary where you're just like, "Oh." And it seems to be like my my personal research over the past couple of years has given me more and more insight that the peace and love type aliens aren't necessarily peace and love and that things are kind of scary. You and that
0: <laughs> you and I are on very different fields of this when it comes to these things. You always tend to go way more uh we're being oppressed and this is all Not so much we are being oppressed. Yeah. That more that this is just gloom and doom.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's unfortunately, I think, just me. It's a natural person. (laughs) Which is
0: fine. We accept you as you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
1: you. (laughs) You know, I, I don't necessarily fall into the idea that the Federation of Planets has put the human race under arrest, and this is a prison planet, and we are all here because we're too dangerous to be allowed out into the rest of the universe. That's just
0: the United States itself. I think. <laughs> I think nah. that's what that is. A little bit of self self reflection going on there, maybe. <laughs> I,
1: th- I think humanity <laughs> in general, in its base nature, is not very good.
0: I disagree. I think that that's not necessarily true. I think that what has happened is that we have gotten so far away from being attached and existing in. Um, balance with the planet and with each other. And I sound, I know what I sound like right now when I say all these things and just want you to know, I'm <laughs> pro- fully aware that I sound how I sound and I'm aware, but I think that we have just gotten so disconnected from where we started out and it Happen slowly at first, but then so quickly that we haven't had a chance to actually catch up. We need to be connected to the Earth. We need to be a community-minded civilization. And we're not like any of those things. We are so disconnected from this planet as humans in general.
1: So here's one that's kind of a philosophical question presented with the scenario when aliens are finally publicized and everybody knows about them in the world. Will they be welcomed or will humanity unite against them?
0: I think they'll be welcomed.
1: And I think that humanity has always existed on an us versus them, like survival and like civilization that it would be like, Oh, okay, now we're humans against X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah, but like you were just talking about how we have all been like kind of introduced to these ideas and stuff already. If you actually look at the statistics of the amount of people that either <laughs> don't give a fuck about aliens or are like, it's cool, like I'm all right with aliens. it It's a greater number. The number oh, yeah. of people that believe and like think the aliens are real and like they're they exist and they're fine is higher than people it's, who don't believe.
1: It's a crazy percentage. It's like sixty or seventy percent, I think.
0: It it's close I think it's getting closer up to the seventy. 70- I know that it's something that's been like slowly increasing over the years. Because I know statistics have been in- going
1: up even the low it's the low 60 percentage that even if they don't believe in aliens still believe the government is hiding information on aliens. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes and
1: so it's like yeah it's a it's a crazy thing to think about and it has I mean you know the alien show you referred to it's it's popular for a reason it's because people are interested in this yes they're
0: I've they're watched looking at every our episode of it. Also, oh, Rage watched <laughs> Rage watched sometimes But again <laughs> I like trash TV so and It, I've
1: watched it, it has
0: some times. really good Things and I've learned a lot from that Show even historically if I Don't necessarily believe that There's other stuff attached to it I always go out and do my own research Anyways so There is that
1: My biggest thing with it is They're at least people asking the question Yes You know they're no, everybody else is just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, there's tool marks here of a 12 foot large bronze saw, bronze saw, but we never found one. Okay, whatever, and just keep moving on. Like, at least this group is actually looking and going, hey, let's ask some of these questions. How did this happen? Why is this like this? Yeah, Why we just always there... know
0: what their answer is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only difference.
1: <laughs> it is, but. At least it's somebody asking the question. I mean, Yeah, because
0: now we get to be here and we get to be questioning their questions.
1: Yes. I mean, you look at the works of, we can get all into Christopher Dunn and all of that and the technology of the ancient technology that aren't necessarily alien in source, but they it, there seems to be evidence to support that they exist. And then it's like, okay, what purposes? Why? And there still seems to be a lot of our history missing regardless.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, that could span to much larger (laughs) cover-ups if you want to get into that world.
0: Yeah, I think that part of it is we really need to start believing Indigenous people more about their history. And we need to see more about where their histories connect and where things meet up and sync. Like, synchronicity is really important. Oh, of course. I think that we don't necessarily always take oral histories very seriously, but I think that that would be a really interesting place to start. And I know that there are actually people, definitely Indigenous people, who are already doing this research, though I don't have any source or any names for that I know it exists. I've read articles and things more of that needs to happen. More of that history needs to be recorded and brought into the mainstream. And I think that that has, could have some interesting implications.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely like Graham Hancock's looked into a bunch of it. Um, that was the one I'm looking for um, earth under fire is a really good one where it connects a lot of um, indigenous people's histories together. Um, and looks at specifically the Ice Age and all of their mythologies, how they all interconnect with a flood and Ice Age and Great Fires. That one's definitely worth worth checking out.
0: I'll have to look that one up. That sounds and then, interesting.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Escape from Eden also falls into a bit of that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh the one I'm currently reading. This falls into that. The um, Book of Bach Brock? Is it Book of Brock? Or Bach. But anyway, it's it is this guy has recorded the oral history of this entire family since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. To current to current. The Bach saga. And it's it's actually it's a it's a Finnish family. And it goes back to the origin of their entire line and it took 20 years for each family member to pass on this oral history
0: that's insane
1: and it is insane. that's so crazy we need
0: more of that more yeah. of
1: that and i think that's where you know where we do get a lot of that and that's where a lot of the the ancient alien stuff does come from as you look at some of these indigenous cultures where they specifically talk about which stars people came from
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's kind of like okay well that's it's an interesting concept to have and how did that mythology grow and develop?
0: Yeah. How much do you think of that as actual, like, alien experience and how much that's channeling,
1: though? I mean, channeling's a whole nother thing. Um, Who is the... Man, this is, this is the whole night of names.
0: It's the um, new moon. The, don't. I don't know what that means, but we're just going to go with that. It's the new moon. Give yourself a break.
1: Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name, but the the Indian guy who channels aliens and does full lectures of the specific alien that he channels and is teaching these lessons to groups of people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that is currently happening today. So it's very possible it was happening back then as well.
0: Right. Yeah. And from my belief, from, not my belief, my understanding, a lot of those tribes and a lot of those places would use channeling or long like sit and meditate and ask for having experiences from whatever was out there you know what I mean so there's you know depending on how you're receiving your information is it a god is it an alien is it you know I think that It very likely was probably channeling, but because the information that came through was referring to a star that everybody's taking it as like an actual physical, you know what I mean?
1: No, it's true. I mean, we have even have even Western examples of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Aleister Crowley, the spirit he channeled, Lamb, the drawing he made of Lamb looks like a gray. A gray, 100%. Yeah, so that's something that's, you know, within the past hundred years. Right. That was fairly popularized and people were aware of, and he spoke out about it and even drew this entity. Yeah. So it's something for us to look back at and be like, okay. And then it falls into, okay, are these entities extraterrestrials or are they ultra-terrestrials like John Keel always pushed? Yes. That they are another dimension, another realm of existence.
0: Yeah. I really... I'm fascinated by John Keel probably the most. I think I've probably read about him the most and I've watched a lot of stuff about all of the things that he used to talk about for that reason. Because I tend to think that most of the phenomena could be attributed to that, to it not being extraterrestrial, to being like this interdimensional type.
1: Yeah. I I mean a lot of the the major researchers, Keel, I mean Charles Fort as well, he was the first one to suggest that people that have missing times are being abducted by aliens. Yeah. You know, like these researchers who are investigating all of these are falling into these conclusions that still Mm -hmm. seem to hold up today. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a crazy concept where we talk about how there's some sort of synchronicities where it's like, okay, things are falling into place. Things do match up on a lot of these people's experiences. Yes. So what's going on? And that's the big Mm -hmm. question is what is happening? Are these actually, or does it fall into the Scientology thing where they're just the remnants of alien spirits that are latching themselves onto us?
0: (laughs) I, anything that has to do with Scientology. I'm just like, I can't get behind that. (laughs) I just can't. I'm sorry. It's it's super, it's yeah, for sure. It's a super interesting concept, but. Yeah, there's just so much other garbage Attached to that <laughs> It's hard to take any of it seriously
1: Yeah, and then um, You know, one of the most Recent guys to come forward on his Personal experiences was Terry Lovelace Who was in the military and he and his friend were Abducted, and mm-hmm. he goes into the conspiracy Things of how the two of them were, were separated and drugged And he was even informed That his friend had been killed when his friend Had not been killed, mm-hmm. like That he is somebody who's actually trying to delve into his own experiences and uncovering all of this weird stuff that occurred. So it seems like even the guys that are trying to get into this today are, even though they're treading new ground, it seems like so familiar. Yeah. And, you know, we just seem to be in this weird cycle.
0: Yeah, but the thing with cycles is they just continue to repeat until something happens so you can have more information. So until yeah. we get that more information, which we've all been begging for, <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck. We're stuck we at are. this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I, when it comes down to it, I really have no idea what aliens are.
0: No, and I think that each person's experience has to be taken very differently. And... They're so, I, it's so wide and varying that it could be so many different things.
1: And I, it's, I want to just have it be as simple and as fun as just being like, Hey, there's aliens that are visiting us and, you know, our government's been working with them. And hopefully they didn't give them permission to abduct people, but apparently it seems like they did. And I don't know. I just, I want it to be, I want it to be as simple as X-Files made it out to be, but I don't think it is as simple as that. It's never.
0: it's never that simple.
1: Yeah, cuz X-Files just seems to be part of what's been going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it just it, I think it follows the government narrative a little bit in that I mean, which is what the show is. It's yeah. you know, even though it's talking about all of these things outside of the government that's, you know, covered in different realms of reality or whatever, it's still a government-based show. So It is but we love it.
1: Okay. Sounds like you're shuffling the cards. What are we looking at?
0: Oh, I don't know. Oh. We just decided that they wanted to be shuffles, pull some cards and see what they say. Sounds good. Okay. The cards. So we have the six of cup, the nine of wands. And this is saying that the last couple of, um, I, I'm feeling like weeks, but not really like, weeks it's like two weeks things have been kind of fuzzy and confused i know that you and i recording today was a chore trying to remember some of this stuff so i feel like what is we are coming out of this state where we've been like kind of in this fog the next cup is the page of coins and this cup is talking about self-expression and getting your point across um, and making yourself um, kind of moving into action more so that feeling that that confused feeling is going to be starting to clear up, you're going to be able to express yourself a lot more. Um, then we have the Queen of Swords and the Emperor, which is a very it, it's feeling. Like, the things that we want, we haven't been able to actually, like, go after fully, but now we're going to be able to start making those things happen more. The next cards was Strength and Ace of Swords, which is, um, you know, Strength, Endurance, Fortitude. Like, being able to go out and actually get done and accomplish the things that you have been wanting to do, and that that is going to be very successful. So, it's really... The last two weeks have really just kind of been a shit show and that's fine, but we're definitely now moving into a point where that's slowly going to start to clear up and things are going to be more direct and, um, you'll have to power through a little bit of the first of it, but it's definitely going to get much better in the end. I feel like this is just like a general reading for the next two weeks or so.
1: It's the time of year. It's going to be chaotic for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and today that we're recording is the new moon and it's the 1212 portal. So there's a bit like the energy today has just been really weird. Um, But all of those things are going to start to smooth out. And then once we get to the solstice and we start going back into the light again, things will definitely start lightening up much more by then anyways. So that But that'll be something to look forward to.
1: Let's hope so. I like things to look forward to. Always going to have things to look forward to. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Thank you for being here.
1: Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Let people know about us.
0: You can find us on Instagram and just on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on instagram at cryptid whispers podcast and if you have something you would like to share with us please send us an email cryptid at gmail.com
1: we love hearing all your comments for everybody who has met us
0: it's so great. appreciate hearing absolutely everything thank you so much
1: thank you everybody
0: see you next time see ya.
1: goodbye bye Yeah, this is a subject we might have to come back to. There's so much stuff we didn't cover.
0: I we barely even I we didn't even do like anything.